Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, top of the morning to you and welcome to the Brian Buffini Show today. I'm so excited to welcome back to the show good friend of mine, Mr. David Bach. The last time we talked to David, he was promoting his 10th New York Times bestselling book, The Latte Factor. And if you haven't picked up a copy of that, it's absolutely fabulous. Neat story, The Latte Factor, one of my favorite books of the year. He's now got his brand new podcast called The David Bach Show that focuses on life, money, and businesses and how to rock them all. David is here today to share about his brand new free course that he partnered with Money Magazine called the First Time Home Buyer Challenge. So we love this. David is calling in today from his home in Florence, Italy, and we are just delighted to have him. He's a great friend, a great friend of the show. David, it's great to see you again. Brian, it's really good to see you. I, you know, I've missed you, buddy. It's crazy because it's been a little over a year. I spoke <laughs> with you and your listeners right before I left for Italy. So, I mean, I hate to make put a timestamp on this, but it's been 14 months. Jeez. So we, we've been here 14 <laughs> months and we were originally only going to come to Italy for a nine month sabbatical, but that little radical sabbatical was things, obviously the world's changed a little bit. So <laughs> we, my family and I are still living in Florence, Italy and, you know, loving every minute of it. But yeah, there's so much for us to talk about. What a great, what, what an interesting time we're living. We are, right we are. And again, a lot of people dealing with a lot of things. You left New York to go to Florence and all your friends are going, what are you thinking? And now they're going, do you have any room? <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Now they're going, when do you think they're going to let Americans back in Europe? Right. Yeah. So hopefully soon. I keep telling everybody, hopefully soon. And I will say this like a plug for coming to Europe for a second. You know, when it's safe to travel again and when you can come to like Italy specifically, mm -hmm. it will be an amazing time to be here. Mm -hmm. And these countries cannot wait to have Americans back because right. it's hurting the economies here to not have American tourists. Yeah. Um, but it's a very special time here right now because it's not crowded. Yeah. So you want to be on one of those first planes when you feel <laughs> safe to travel to come to Europe. Yeah. I, I think an interesting dynamic here is there was an admiral in Virginia years ago when the, a lot of the sailors were getting into trouble in the local bars and there were some fistfights breaking out. Some of the local press started saying, maybe we need to reconsider having, having all these Navy guys. And what they did was they issued cash to a lot of the sailors. And they gave them like $100 in $2 bills. And what they wanted to see was the $2 bills show up all over town. And all of a sudden, the barber is paying the dentist with $2 bills. And everybody, all of a sudden, they realized, and they took out a full-page ad in the newspaper, hey, there's not, this is not counterfeit. This is not a problem. We just gave out a bunch of $2 bills to our guys. And it was to try to remind the community, hey, here's how much we bring to the local community. And I think American tourists are going to be welcome all over the world because people realize how much Americans spend, how much they travel, and they're good guests. As an Irishman, we loved Americans. American tourists kept Ireland afloat for decades. So I think that's a great point, and it's great to hear it from someone living in Europe. The Yanks are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, before we dive into the first time home buyer challenge, let's talk about something you've been talking about for years, something we met almost oh, 14 years ago. You've always been passionate about why people should own a home. 
maybe you could just talk a little bit about home ownership and why it's such a big deal and how it's so important for people to do well financially by owning a home. Yeah, I mean, my pleasure. I didn't even tell you this, but I just keynoted it in our rep mm. and, you know, the largest organization for Hispanic realtors. And what I said to that group, and I would say to anyone, I grew up in a family of financial advisors. So I got to see working with real clients, what created financial security. And there were two things for, for the average American family that would come in my office and could afford to retire. They did two things right. They bought a home, almost always paid it off, and they paid themselves automatically using a 401k uh -huh. plan. Those two simple things, who could afford to retire in their 50s? It was the person that bought their home and paid their home off early. And then when you looked at generational wealth, like what was it that took wealth from one generation to the next? It was real estate. Uh -huh. It's simple stuff. It's owning a home, having equity in your house, that equity creates generational wealth. And so when you pull back the curtain and you look at like the difference between a renter and a homeowner, homeowners today, right now at this very moment, are worth 44 times more than mm -hmm. renters. We've talked about the statistic before. It's always ranged from like 40 to 46. Mm -hmm. I think the average renter today has a net worth of less than $5,000 and the average homeowner is over, I think over 180 mm -hmm. now. The bottom line is there's the two primary escalators to building wealth in America are home ownership and the stock market. Well, the thing about the stock market, which I'm in favor of investing in the stock market, but you can't live inside a stock. You, you can't live inside an index fund. You have to live inside a home. As long as you're alive, you have to live somewhere. So the only question is, who will be building wealth off that transaction? Will it be you or will it be your landlord? That's all there is to it. And the, the crazy thing is that this was like a given, right? Like 20 years ago, it was a given. The American dream, go buy a home. Buy a home. And, and somewhere in the last 10 years, there's a lot of social media influencers who make money in another way, telling people, telling millennials especially, that homeownership is for stupid mm -hmm. people that you should be a renter for the rest of your life and that you should then give them your money, right? <laughs> right? You, should, you should give me your money and you should put it in my apartment building complex, but you should never right. own. Which the funny thing is that nobody ever questions that thought process. Oh, you have the plane and I'm supposed to give you my money for your apartment complex right. and I should I rent. used to have a marketing piece that I'd send into apartment buildings and it says, your landlord says hi and thanks again for paying his mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I just, you know, I've, I've always been a crusader for those two fundamental things. Buy a home, pay it off, and pay yourself first automatically. Mm -hmm. I've been attacked in the last 10 years by people for promoting home ownership. Right. I don't care. I believe in home ownership, period. I believe in working with a real estate agent, period. And I think if you want to build real wealth of your lifetime, the easiest way to do it is actually in mm -hmm. real estate. And so when we get moments like now, which is a part of why we created the First Time Home Buyer Challenge. When we have these crazy times that come every 10 to 15 years that create recessions, there's always something. Right now, it's COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to downplay the significance of COVID-19, but you know, there's always something. 2007, 2008, there was the mortgage meltdown. There's always something. There was the dot-com. I mean, this is my fourth go around now. <laughs> there's always something every, every 10 to 15 years. And what that something always does is move wealth around. Mm -hmm. these, these opportunities are when recessions create millionaires. And so what I wanted to do this, again, because I saw this in 2008, 2009, is I wanted to give people a roadmap who were renters 
on how to buy their first home. And if you're a homeowner, how to be thinking about how to buy your first maybe investment property. Because the one thing that's happened since COVID, I don't think people fully appreciate it. There's never been a cheaper time to buy mm-hmm. a home because of interest right. rates. These are the lowest interest rates of our lifetime. There's never been a better time to refinance homes. There's still 11 and a half million people, Brian, who haven't refinanced their home. The numbers on the Hispanic market, there's like 4 million Hispanics right now that qualify to get a mortgage to buy their first home. Right. There's a tremendous first-time homebuyer market right. that's just waiting to take action. And now is, I think, the time. And some of these markets are super hot and some of these markets aren't. I wanted to start giving people that roadmap. Like, look, don't rent. If you can get yourself to move physically, like take action, now's the time. We had a young woman named Hannah. We just interviewed her for an article that's going to be on money and on finishrich.com. She read the Automatic Millionaire book, went through the program, lives in Sacramento, California. She has student loans. She only had, believe it or not, she had like less than $5,000 in savings for a down payment. She read the book, went through the program in seven days. During COVID, went from the idea of like, oh, well, maybe I don't need to be a renter to being an escrow for a home, Brian, in seven mm-hmm. days. It's, that's not even like a believable story. Like we got her email and she walked us through her seven days. It was like, I read the book in one day. Then I started looking online. I looked on Zillow. I looked on Trulia. Then I went to see if I qualified for a mortgage, just like you told me. Then I looked to see if there's a first-time homebuyer loan program in California. There was. Then I contacted a real estate agent. Then I went out and looked at three condos. Then there were multiple offers. Then I wrote a love letter to the seller. Right. And the seller took my offer. And she's in that house now. And we, we actually just did a podcast nice. with her. Because I at first had to go check and see, was this story true? Because I was like, yeah, no, I, I totally believe it. No, it's neat. So, you know, this is why you and I are still doing yep. this. This is why we love it, because we know it Nothing works. like handing the keys to somebody to buy their first home. And, and with that in mind, you know, you built this course now. It's the first time home buyer challenge. You know, you're such a great writer and you have a great way of framing things. So let's kind of dive right in and let's talk a little bit about the course modules and, and what that all looks like. Yeah, you bet. So we did this in partnership with Money Magazine. You can find the course just so everybody knows. It's free. Let me just say it again, like free, free, free. It's on finishrich.com right at the top of the website. And when you go into the course, it was designed to be five days. We actually, because people were now home and they wanted to watch it all at once, we opened it up like Netflix right. so you can actually go through all five videos. Binge watching once. Finishing but Rich. <laughs> you can binge watch it now. So uh, originally, it was going to be like one video a day because we figured people were busy and we'd chunk it out. But right now, you can watch it all at yep. once if you want. So what we do is on day one, first video, is we talk about the down payment account because you're going to need a down right. payment. Even if it's a small down payment, you're still going to need a down payment. So I go through how to save for that down payment automatically, where to put the money, how to get the best mm-hmm. rate. Uh, rates are super low right now, but you can still get, in many cases, an online savings account paying right now like a little over half whereas your checking account might be paying zero. So I teach you exactly how to go do that. That's probably the least interesting part of the whole program. (laughs) Day two, um, again, now this stuff is sexy, but you got to go do it. Day two is go pull how to how to go pull your annual credit report and then pull your report and check it for Mm -hmm. errors and clean those errors up. And the reason that's so important, especially right now, because I know people are falling behind on payments and you know, in many cases, the credit card companies are not supposed to be dinging yeah. you. 
you want to go pull your credit reports and check because the first thing that you're going to, when you go apply for the mortgage, they're going to go pull your credit right. score. Your credit score is coming off your credit report. So what I do on day two is walk you through where you go get the free credit report, the free one, not the one you pay for, then how to go through it, figure out what's wrong, figure out what you need to fix if there's anything. And then we go through on day three, how to go through your credit score. Because today, if you can get your credit score up, and there's basically five core factors that impact your credit score, there are things you can do to get your credit score up between 50 to 100 points in about a six-month period of time. So if someone's sitting here and they're like, oh, I've got a really bad credit score right now, that's okay. You're not alone. Lots of people do. But in the next six months, you could clean yeah. it up. And so I walk you through how to that's, do that. And a lot of people don't realize you can do that, that there are errors that there are mistakes made. And also, the other thing that I'm seeing right now is people are a little bit abdicating the process right now. Oh, they said if I'm late, it won't hold it against me. Well, a great little example of that, the mayor of Chicago said, hey, during COVID, we won't be writing any parking tickets in downtown Chicago. Well, turns out there was a million dollars worth of parking tickets written in a six-week period of time. So, you know, don't presume that, oh, this company's going to do this or I'm good there. Don't presume that. They have their systems in place. Most people aren't aware that they actually can fix their credit. They actually can improve their credit and that there's errors on these documents and, and that it, it, it's the difference between either getting a loan and not getting a loan or getting the cheapest money available or paying a premium over a mistake that's sitting there or something they can fix. So one of the things I show you in this training program is how much money, I don't think people get it. Like the difference between 50 to 100 points on your credit score can be six figures in interest payments. Mm. So if you've got like a 680 credit score and we just get you up over 730, mm -hmm. you're going to maybe reduce your interest rate on your mortgage by a half a percent. Mm -hmm. And that can be also the difference between paying your mortgage off in 30 years or 25 mm -hmm. years. So these little, these little simple things that they don't teach in school, it's all in the class. Right. And then what we do on day four, I'm sorry, day four, I go through how to go get pre-qualified for your mortgage. What kind of mortgages you should be looking at? Like, I can't believe people are even considering adjustable rate mortgages right, right now. But there are some people who, I mean, I, I get asked these questions. Should, should I do an adjustable rate mortgage? I'm like, now with rates at right. an all-time low? No. People are doing interest-only mortgages. Yeah. No, not right, right now. I mean, not when rates are this low. My 81-year-old father-in-law called me three weeks ago. And, you know, he's been 25 years in the military. He got called by his bank. And the guy said, hey, we're doing a special program for military, right? So military people are always like, hey, I serve my country. There's these benefits. And he feels like this is a benefit. So this guy basically does a, a hey, we're going to refinance your mortgage. Well, I look at it. This is a high cost, high points, interest rate only mortgage. I'm like, he's 81. Okay. So I get on the phone. I call the guy. The guy's giving me a little attitude. And I go, you know, you might want to look me up. Okay. Because you are three minutes away from being a story on my podcast where we'll tell a half a million realtors how y'all do business. And miraculously, in 24 hours, he turned around. We got a fixed rate loan, no cost, no fees, no points, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, like here was an 81-year-old guy being convinced by a high push salesperson who was not doing a great job to go and get an interest-only mortgage with a bunch of fees on it. And so, like you're saying, like right now, fixed rates... It's as cheap as it's ever going to be. Also, just plain Jane vanilla right yeah. now is working phenomenal. Right. Like even taking a 30-year mortgage down to 15 years. Right. We're, we're talking about, Brian, here. This is super boring, but guess what? It's like vanilla ice cream. People still like vanilla ice cream. 
when it comes to your money, always you've heard me say this before, but like if you're new to listening to us, boring is beautiful. When it comes to your money, boring is beautiful. And with your mortgage, boring is beautiful. Like the whole point of having a home is to sleep well right. at night. So if you take your 30-year mortgage right now with rates so low and you go do a 15-year mortgage, my friends, you're going to turn around in 15 years and you're going to be debt-free. Yeah. And then if you don't like what you're doing, you can do something right. different. You can quit your job. Uh, I know a lot of people right now are going through massive pivots. They're either being forced out of their job or they're rethinking their careers. And so getting your debt paid down makes all that right. easier. So then the, the fifth day of this program is to work with a realtor. And I know you got lots of real estate agents that listen to you. And it's like going back to Hannah's story. She looked online, then because she went to work with a real estate agent, then she really went and looked mm -hmm. at houses. So there's some people who are looking to lose online. And then at the end of the day, you got to go get in a, well, it's harder to get in cars <laughs> these days, but you'll go meet your agent somewhere with a mask on <laughs> and, or you'll do a Zoom conference because people are buying homes through Zoom right now, as you and I both know. And so for real estate agents, they're your advocate. They're the one that does all the work for you. They're the one that normally would be referring you to a mortgage advisor. So I just, you know, I walk through how to work with a real estate agent, how to find a good one. And we've got a lot of real estate agents that are now sharing this course with their renter mm -hmm. clients, right? Because one of the things that, you know, you're always teaching referral marketing. And I think for realtors, like, you know, right now is the time to be calling on your clients. Hey, are your kids thinking about buying a home? Because man, now's the time to help your kids right. buy a home and, and getting into the second generation right. and, and making that point, by the way, of how important it is for the next generation to be buying Well, here's home. the good news. Here's the good news. I mean, the recent date, and I, I know some of the people you're talking about because you talk about sexy, right? There's a lot of real sexy, hot people on social media with giant followings talking about reinventing real estate and reinventing home ownership. And, you know, anyone who buys a home's a moron and all that type of stuff. And on one hand, that's real sexy. And you're talking about this stuff that's very fundamental. But the truth of the matter is, the sexiest thing in the world is owning your own house. The next sexiest thing is owning your own house free and clear. And, you know, you talk about this. You're able to pick up shop and move to Florence with your family. Choose the life you want to live. Go and experience. Have your kids experience this different life and different culture. And because of the stuff you did way back when, because of the fundamentals you followed. And that's really what this is all about. These are fundamentals that don't change. And right now... You know, like you say, I think with the stay-at-home orders, all of a sudden home became such a bigger deal to people than ever before. You know, all of a sudden they're looking around at the four walls and they're either falling more in love with the house they have or going, I need to fall in love with a different house. I need an office from home that I can Zoom. I need a place where my kids can do school. I want to get out of the cities. I want to get into the suburbs. There's an awful lot of that going on. We have more relocation than we've ever seen taking place right now. And it is a fantastic time. And then here's the next thing. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm 35 years in the real estate business and never have I been able to tell somebody four to five months from now, here's what the rates are going to be. And yet here is the chairman of the Federal Reserve saying, no matter what, no matter what, we are not changing the rates till 2023. I'm 35 years. I've never heard ever. These guys are the most cautious, cagey people on the planet. And he's basically saying, we're going to keep this rate at this number give or take whatever, an eighth of a percentage point for the next three years, it is time. Well, and by the way, that's one of the reasons why, you know, when the stock market corrected in March, it was a brutal correction, right? The stock market went down 
And so that's why I restarted my podcast, Brian, was because I knew people were going to panic. Mm. I started doing, I did this podcast called This Too Shall mm-hmm. Pass. You can go back and listen to it in mm-hmm. March. And, you know, what I was telling people is like, look, I don't know what day it's recovering, but I know this statistically, markets recover from corrections like this in about 110 days, mm-hmm. roughly. And I don't know if that'll happen, but I can tell you this, you do not want to be jumping out of these markets right now. And the market had the fastest recovery in the history of our lifetime. In a hundred days, it had a full recovery. And, you know, I heard stories of people who got out in March. What I did with my kids, because we were quarantined, because we were, we were quarantined early in Florence, Italy. We were the first country to go into a quarantine. You know, it was like the ninth bad day in the market. I was pretty depressed, if you want to mm-hmm. know the truth. And because and I, I have a lot of money in the mm-hmm. stock market and I own a financial service mm-hmm. business. <laughs> so, and I'm dealing with our advisors and our clients and, I can't, and, I'm, and I'm home with my kids. And I said, okay, kids, you know what we're going to do right now? I'm going to teach you what grandma taught me, how you get rich during a downturn. And so I sat down and started walking through with them how to buy stocks when the market's corrected. And so I've got a 10-year-old whose name is James and Jack's 17. James just opened up his brokerage account and, and I walk them through how to buy their first stock. Just like my grandmother helped me buy my first stock in McDonald's. So I said, James, what do you think people are going to need right now? Because I want him to think about opportunities when times get bad. And we're sitting at a table that James looks around and he sees Kleenex. He goes, well, dad, everyone's going to need Kleenex, right? Is Kleenex publicly traded? I go, well, let me teach you how to look. And we go to Google because today it's so much easier. Go to Google. I knew it wasn't publicly traded, but I wanted him right. to learn. And he sees, oh, it's, it's not publicly traded. It's owned by Kimberly Clark. That's publicly traded. So we Showed him how to look up the stock symbol. And then I said, he goes, well, what about Clorox? All those cleaning supplies, <laughs> all the toilet paper. What about the, yeah, okay, so let's put Clorox down. And then my son, you know, so we're just doing this, like literally. And, and then Jack says, well, what about Zoom? You and I are on Zoom right now. I go, yeah, well, Zoom, and I knew Zoom had just gone public. I said, yeah, Zoom's doing pretty well. Let's look that up. So we bought all these stocks. Then I did a podcast about it. Zoom was $175 a share, by the way, when Jack bought it. I think now... Haven't looked lately, but it got like over 350, mm-hmm. 400. Everything my kids bought went up somewhere between 25 to like 150%. Nice. But part of it was because it was March. Yeah. And now, the lesson wasn't like, I wasn't whether or not they went and made money on these stocks. It was teaching my children to recognize when everybody's telling you the world is coming mm. to an end, you can also look for the opportunities. Mm. And that is a lesson that's not just about March of this year. It's a lesson for all of us now, because this is one of those times where, you know, you get punched and then you get back up and then you're like, okay, I think I'm all right now. And then you get punched again. This is the kind of year we're having. So you just got to realize like, you've got to constantly be looking for the opportunities in this time frame. You've got to find meaning in the mess. One thing that I'm a huge believer in right now is that you got to work, not worry. Mm. Right. I mean, a lot of people listening right now, they're worrying. Um, I know you got a lot of real estate agents that are worrying right now because not everybody's killing it right now mm-hmm. in real estate. You know, I have friends, depends on your market. I have friends that the last 90 days have been the best of their 20 year mm-hmm. career. They've never been more busy because they're in one of those markets that everybody's trying to mm-hmm. move to. I have other friends, right. Brian, who've done no business for seven, eight, nine sure. months. And this is one of those times where. You got to figure out what can you work on versus worry. And I, you know, I don't know if we have time to talk to like what I think real estate agents should do, but I have a very specific thing that I think real yeah. estate agents should do and not enough of them are doing it. I know this is your space, yeah. but I'm very passionate about it. this issue. 
and, and let me just put this in context because this is exactly what we have 650 financial advisors at our firm. I did these Zoom conferences like this and I had people reaching out to me, Brian, trying to figure out how to crack the code on Facebook digital advertising to drive people to online webinars to get prospects from the online webinars. This is like day 10 of the quarantine. Like what? You're doing what? You're a financial advisor. You're, the only prospecting you should be doing right now as a financial advisor is calling your clients. Exactly. Have you called every single client that you've already worked with? You shouldn't be prospecting. Your prospecting is taking care of your client. So we just kept drilling this message into our advisors. The only job you have is to be talking to your clients right now. How are you? What's going right. on? Who needs help? I want you to know we're here. Let's talk about what's going on. Is there anything I can mm -hmm. do for you? With real estate agents, I know so many real estate agents where I talk to them, I go, have you called every single person you've ever worked with in the last 100 mm -hmm. days? Have you called everybody? I don't mean like sent a postcard. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you actually got on Zoom and face-to-face -face right now, had a conversation with everybody you've ever worked with? Because if you haven't, I don't know what else mm -hmm. you're doing. Like, if you're not busy right now, now is the time to call every single client and check and in with them. And they're easy to get a hold of. And by the way, a lot of people, Brian, are lonely, yep. right? And so, you know, asking your clients, like, how are you? What can I do for you? Do you want to know what's going on in your real estate market? Do you want to know what's going on right now in the market? You're probably sure. wondering. Do you want to know what we think is going to happen in the next six months to, right. to a year? By the way, are you interested in buying anything else? The one thing that still blows my mind away because I'm so publicly in favor of real estate agents is that when I work with real estate agents, you would think that they would always be calling yeah. me. Our real estate agent in yeah. Florence, her name's Ginevra. We rented a beautiful apartment 14 months ago. We got what's called a four by four lease. That's how they all work here in Italy. It's where you do a lease and you've got a four year lease, but you can get it out after a okay. year. We told Ginevra we were going to leave here after a year, go back to the States. Ginevra's never called mm -hmm. me. I'm still in that apartment. Yeah. Now, what Ginevra should have done and should do now is she should say, David, you're still here. Oh my God, there's so much opportunity in Florence right now. You know, the market's slow in Florence, right? right? Like this would be the time to buy. David, are you interested in buying? If you're going to stay, do you want to go look at some villas? Right. Well, geez, Ginevra, actually, I have been thinking about that. I would love sure. to know what you see, yeah. but Ginevra hasn't called sure. me. So I just go back to everybody like right now, your business is to be in front of your clients, the ones you've already worked with, love on them and check in with them because people's lives have changed. Speaking to the choir, my friend, I love it. And here's the thing. It's old school, new school. It's old school with new school information. It's old school. I care about you. And everybody's curious. Everybody's curious. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know, we started doing Facebook Lives and start getting a couple hundred thousand people every Friday to show up on a Facebook Live because there's so much misinformation. Why? I love Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's a shark. Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks, yada, yada. Because he's a rich guy, great. People just say, well, he must know real estate. So he's telling people back in March and April, if you're writing a real estate offer, write it at 30% below market. If you're in a transaction, Go back and renegotiate 30%. The market's going to drop 30%. You know, I love the guy. And I just said, that is absolute, as they say in Japan, Bushido. Okay? That is not right. It's not good. It doesn't work. And it's not true. It's not what's going to happen in real estate. So what happens is you get these all this information. You get all this misinformation. And that's why, like for those of us who've been around the block a few decades, we've seen this before. We've seen this movie before. And we've seen people who've won before. As we talk about this, and that's why whether people are listening to this, a practicing real estate agent, whether people are consumers who are listening to this or they have a family member or a friend who should be buying a house, looking at a house, the first time home buyer challenge, it's right there. Tell the folks how they can participate in this. 
and what they can expect to get from it when they go through it. Thank you. I appreciate being back in front of you and being, especially your audience. Your audience loves you. I was just reading, by the way, your reviews on your podcast, five star, one one amazing review after another. Somebody said, listen, you use like Christmas every day. So (laughs) it's good to be with you. They can go, you can go to the first time homebuyer challenge. Again, it's free and it's on finishrich.com right at the top of the website. And we've got a partnership with Money Magazine. So it's all tied together and it's five videos five lessons, takes you by the hand, teaches you how to go from renting to buying a home. And by the way, if you own a home, it's even good to go back through it for the basics. Because I think, again, like if you haven't refinanced your home in the last six months, you should still be looking at refinancing. I, I can't get over how many people who have 4% mortgages and they haven't refinanced. Right. And especially right now, I mean, I know people think, well, the banks are so slammed, they don't have time to get to me. Well, you should try, get in a queue. Oh yeah, trust me, they're open for business. We, <laughs> I talked to them here recently. <laughs> And like I say, from getting your credit score, your down payment, getting pre-qualified, getting out of the credit card debt, and then how to go house hunting. Great fundamentals and great fundamentals that can also set you up for buying investment property. I've been involved with my kids, getting my kids' houses right now. That's what I'm doing. The goal is to get all six houses, and two of them are freshmen in college. But as I say, hey, good for you. it doesn't hurt. Let me ask this as we finish up here today. On a side note, one of the things I think that's great for folks today is to have a little vision of what to do and where to do it where to go, have a little dream, because right now it's like all the people can see is what is. But one day, one day we're going to be able to get back on airplanes and fly to Florence, go to Italy, go around. Tell me this. Tell me, first of all, the three best things I should do when I go to Florence, and then the next three best things I should do when I take a trip to Italy. Oh, wow. Okay. Especially since we didn't no, tell no, me this that's, was coming. I wanted right off the chest. And by the way, you should follow me on Instagram. Okay. Follow me at, at David L. Bach on Instagram because primarily all I do, Brian, is post pictures from Florence <laughs> and Italy. So it, it's gone from being business to just being about my fun life in Italy. So one of the things I do and I post up there a lot is I go almost every day, I take a walk to the top of Piazza Michelangelo, mm. which is this beautiful spot that overlooks all of Florence. Mm. And it's simply breathtaking. And so I don't think everybody who comes to Florence does Mm -hmm. that because you've either got to take a car, you've got to take a nice little walk up there. So go do that. Second thing is, and it pretty much everybody does do this, you got to go to the Ponte Vecchio. So that's the beautiful little bridge Mm. that's over Florence. Mm. And you have to go to the Ponte Vecchio and take your beautiful picture. And you need to do it in the evening because the light in Florence, when the light comes down on the Arno, Mm. It's some of the prettiest light you'll ever see in your life. And it's why when you see these pictures of the Ponte Vecchio in Florence, everybody just goes, oh my gosh. And I'll tell you, this is kind of a cool thing to share. So I just started rowing. I just started rowing on the Arno. And there's a process by which you get to go further and further from the rowing club. It's the oldest rowing club of all of Italy is right below the Ponte Vecchio. Mm. So yesterday they took my rowing training wheels off <laughs> and they let me and they let me go under the Ponte Vecchio bridge. So that was a big thing for me awesome. yesterday. And then the third thing I would say, and these are some touristy yeah. things, but you really when you need to go to the top of the Duomo, mm-hmm. sure, which is again something that most people don't do because you've got to get a ticket in advance, and it's like four hundred steps to get to the top of the Duomo. And so people go, "Oh, is it really worth it?" It's really mm. worth it. Going to the top of the Duomo is really worth it. I could do an entire show just on Italy. You got to go see the Michelangelo. People come here and they don't go see the David. So, and then places to go. I mean, I've traveled all over this summer, but I mean, my favorite places are Positano. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been to Positano, I think it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And then I would tell you Capri. Mm -hmm. 
Capri is just incredible, the island of Capri. Yeah. And then uh, I would throw in, you know, we spent a month in an area called Forte de Marme, which is sort of like the Hamptons of Florence. Mm. It's, it's this beautiful beach community. And we really got to see how Italians live. And I'll just say this. One of the re- big reasons we moved to Italy was for my kids to learn that there's a whole other world mm-hmm. out there. And the thing I kept telling my children when we moved here is that Italians work to live. They don't live to mm-hmm. work. And I mean that very complimentary, sure. that Italians really appreciate life. They appreciate their food and their wine and their friendships and their families. And they spend time with each mm-hmm. other. And across Italy, everybody takes the month of August mm-hmm. off. And so it doesn't, even if you don't have a high income, because a lot of Italians don't have a high income, they're still going away for the month of August. And the barber's going away and the wealthy person's going away. And my kids got to see was how life like, just totally slows down mm-hmm. here. And so they've gotten the chance to, sl- we call it slow down to the speed of life. Mm-hmm. And my last podcast I actually recorded, Brian, was called Change Your Location, Change Your mm-hmm. Life. It's actually a known fact. If you're really in a funk right now, if you're super unhappy, if you're in a situation where you don't like where you're living, the fastest way to change your life is you change your location. Mm-hmm. So now, sometimes you just change your location temporarily. Right. But you know, you were talking about like planning. Like, yeah, have a goal. A lot of people have been hearing me and they're like, I, I want to move to Italy. Great. It took me, I planned for it for three years. Go plan for it. You can make right. it happen. Probably doesn't need to take you three years. Even having, an, even having a trip they're going for two weeks would be great. Just to have a vision of something beyond what they're doing. And like I say, you know, it's just that the richness I wanted to add here. You're talking about, okay, many people have heard of the Panavecchio, but go there in the evening time. Just that little richness and so on and so forth. One last little thing I want is this. What is the one little snack or, you know, guilty pleasure or something you've kind of discovered that you eat over there that is just to die for? What is your to die for go-to Italian food snack or whatever? Wow. Well, you know, so it's, a, again, this is, this, I feel like I'm saying cliche things, but we, the pasta here, yeah. it's not like the pasta that you have in the United right. States. Truthfully, this is going to sound, the Italian food in Italy is just not like the Italian food <laughs> in the United right. States. So once you start having Italian food yeah. here, you're like, this is how it's supposed yeah. to taste. So, I, I mean, I, I definitely put on weight when I first yeah. got here and I had to start exercising <laughs> a lot more. Yeah, the big thing here is what's called aperitivos. Mm. Everybody gets together around 5, 30, 6 o'clock and they have these appetizers and and what they bring you out is this platter, and the platter's got, you know, the parma and the cheese. It's just delectable. <laughs> that's the word for the day, my friend. Well, that's great. Well, listen, I, I wanted to get into, obviously, the fundamentals here of some of the best content out there on how to buy your first home and a great program you've put together with Money Magazine. Go to finishrich.com to get that ball rolling. We've known each other a long time. I've watched you pursue not only financial well-being, not only doing the boring is beautiful stuff but ultimately the boring has gotten you to the beautiful you're in what's considered the most beautiful city in the world living this beautiful life with your beautiful family it's great stuff and i think it's encouraging and i really do no matter what if someone's having a hard time or in a difficult spot or they got laid off or so on and so forth you know life is beautiful and can be beautiful and you need to focus on that and there's so much negative there's so much downing there's so much overwhelming news coming at us Life is good and not always great, but it's always good. You know, I think getting home ownership under your belt, getting your finances squared away can allow you to understand that you can work to live or live to work. And and there's two different dynamics there, what you're talking about right there with the Italians, where quality of life, really enjoying your go around on this planet and doing the fun stuff at the same time, because you know you've taken care of your financial 
well-being. So I wanted to kind of delve in there a little bit. I'm I'm kind of salivating right now because I'm starting to think of these little Parmesan plates, the aperitivos that I need to get going here myself. I'm going to have a goal. I will be popping by Florence Sometime in the next 12 months, you're going to see my ugly mug. Well, Brian, when you come here, let's please go out. Let me For know. Sure. I'll take you to an amazing dinner Great. and show you this town. And, and the last thing I just say, too, like my phrase that I've been saying for like three years now is live rich now. Mm. Live rich right. now. And I think reminding yourself that now is the time to live yep. rich. And it, in a way, this time is a reminder to stop waiting. Mm-hmm. Too, too many people have put off their dreams waiting for when this happens, I'll do right. this. And we use this as a time to reset and stop waiting. Well, that's a good word, my friend. And that's a good word to finish up on. I am shocked that it's been 14 months since we last did that. That, that cannot happen again. Let's get updated. Let's find out. Maybe we can get you some feedback on all the folks taking the course because we know that we'll get many people to do that. Good. And uh, maybe we'll follow up. Maybe we'll even get a few of these people who've taken the course and get them on, and maybe we'll do some kind of Facebook Live or something so that uh, we can have some fun. Anytime. That'd be great. Anytime. I love your community. Your community is so vivacious. Like People all over, whenever I go anywhere and I'm touring, people go, I listen to you on Brian's podcast, Brian Buffini's podcast. People love you. It's all good. You're the man. (laughs) Well, we keep (laughs) doing the good stuff. I appreciate you, and I thanks for taking the time today. I know it's a little later there in Florence, but we really appreciate it. It's been a great time. Thanks for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you. So great to have you on the show again, David. Thanks for taking the time today. I love that phrase, work, not worry. It's a great reminder to keep us focused on the things that we can control. Hope you listeners are enjoying the show, and don't be afraid to share it with others who might benefit from all this great content Brian shares. In the meantime, I'll leave it to Brian's mum to send us home today. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. 